2 Corinthians 7 and 1. The Bible says, having therefore these promises. Everybody say, these promises. Dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Amen. Having therefore these promises. Amen. Praise God. Don't you love the promises of God? Amen. I want to preach for a little while to this church from this title, These Promises. Amen. Set your Bibles down. Lift your hands to the Lord. Amen. Lift your voices right now in the name of Jesus. I need you to help me today, God. I need your strength today. Come on, why don't you pray? Don't you pray like you mean it this morning. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't everybody clap your hands to the Lord together? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Amen. I want to preach about these promises. Everybody say, these promises. Amen. Praise God. I've already got the amen corner rolled up. Amen. Those are promises. Praise the Lord. Amen. The promises of God are a token, a reminder of His favor that is upon us. Amen. The promises of God are the fruit or what was created by the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Without the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, we would have no promises today. Amen. So we're thankful for the sacrifice that was given for us. Amen. But these promises are also the foundation of our hope and our faith. Amen. We love to sing the song, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. Amen. One of these days when the rapture happens, Amen. And the left behind are here. That they're not going to want to face tomorrow. Amen. But the church. Amen. The light. The city that's set up on a hill. Amen. Because of the promises of God. Amen. That he lives. We can wake up and look forward to life. When everybody else is concerned about the future. And everybody's worried about what's going to happen. Amen. The Holy Ghost filled church of the living God. Amen. We've got some promises that we can hang on to. And when you've got a promise, honey, it'll change the way you think. When you've got a promise, it'll change the way you act. Amen. It's the promise that is our rest when we're going through the trial and through the temptation. Amen, when you're on the sea of life and it's roaring and you don't know what's going to happen, amen, what do we do? We look to the promises of God. Amen, it's the promises that give us hope for our future. Amen, there would be nobody in this building this morning if we didn't have a promise from God. 
But the reason you're here, you want to hear it one more time. You want to get connected up with the promise giver one more time. Amen. And so at the beginning of this service, I, I, or I guess of this little sermon or whatever you want to call it, I'm kind of unorthodox, but I just want to read some promises that, that we have. I, I love to read the Word of God and just pick up the good stuff and put it in my mind and all the bad stuff. I just say, I'm not going to do that anyway. <laughs> Amen. The judgments of God don't apply to me because I'm going to live right. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. But... I want to read some promises to you. Here's just a few of my favorites. I come up with about 50-something real fast, so I couldn't do them all. For the sake of time, I want to read a few. Isaiah 41 and 10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. How do you like the promise of God saying, I will strengthen thee? Anybody come into church today needing God to give them a little bit of strength? Well, hallelujah, y'all gonna preach with me? Y'all got it together? We still need God? Yeah, we still need God, and I got a promise. He will strengthen you when you're feeling weak. He... Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He said, I ain't just going to strengthen you, yea, I'm going to help you. I'm going to uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Amen. Isaiah 26 and 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Hey, I, I got a promise for the church. Get your mind off everything that ain't God and get your mind on God and you're going to realize peace is going to start coming into your life. I hate chaos. I hate confusion. I love the peace of God. Let me tell you how you get it. Just start thinking about him. Start thinking about his word. Start thinking about his promise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well... Deuteronomy 31 and 8. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Amen. One of the reasons we're here today is we got a promise that God's going to go with us. I said God's going to go with us. Through the trial... God's going to go with us. Through the court hearing, God's going to go with us. Amen. Through the hospital visit, God's going to go with us. Through the losses in our life, God is going to go with us. I'll never leave thee, nor forsake thee. I'll go with you. He said all the way to the end of the world. Hey, I'm thankful today to be serving a God like that. Amen. Praise God. I'm just reading a few promises and then I'm going to preach a while. Psalm 32 and 8, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee, listen to this, with mine eye. Praise God. Interpret that. 
Amen. If you ain't looking to God, you ain't going to know what direction. He said, I'm going to instruct you and I'm going to teach you in the way that you're going to go. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. You don't have to worry about your next step. All you've got to worry about is connecting up with God. And if you'll connect up with God and you'll get your eyes upon his eyes, you'll get your hand in his hand, I've got a promise that he will lead you He will order your footsteps. You ain't going to go astray. Well, I feel like like I'm out of the will of God. Just feels like whatever. Well, let me ask you the question. Are you praying? Are you fasting? Are you living right? Do you got your eyes on God? You're all right then. Quit worrying about it. Well, praise God. I love the promise. Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Amen. I've got a promise that if you're a good man, what's a good man? One that wants to do the will of God. Not a two-timer, not a fence-sitter but somebody that wants to do the will of God. That's what you call a good man. Not a man that don't make mistakes, uh, but a man that don't want to make mistakes. Uh, Not a man that don't fall, but a man that don't want to fall. Amen. That's a good man. Uh, And if you're a good man, get a promise for a good man today, a good woman today. When you fall, you're not going to be cast down utterly. You know what that means? It ain't the end. Boy, the devil don't want me to preach this. When a good man falls, guess what? God's going to uphold him with his hand. You know what that means? He's going to pick you back up. Why? Because he's looking at your heart. He's looking at your desire. Amen. I come to make a liar out of the devil. Uh, Amen. We may have fallen. Uh, We may have made mistakes. uh, But we got a God that has given us a promise. It's not forever. Uh, It's not the end of the world. Uh, You can get back up on track. Uh, You... Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Matthew 11 and 28. Come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Amen. I got a promise today for the laborers. I got a a promise today for the one that's carrying a heavy load. All you got to do is come get on an altar. I think people enjoy heavy loads sometimes. Some people do, some people don't. I'm one that don't. I don't like to feel burdened. I don't, I don't like that heavy feeling. You know what I do when I feel a heavy feeling? I get on my knees and I start crying out to God. God, whatever the purpose is, you put this on me. I'm going to pray until it breaks. 
I'm going to pray until you answer it. I'm going to pray until this burden leaves me. Amen. You said we don't have to carry heavy burdens. Hey, I'm preaching to the church. You don't have to walk around carrying the heavy load. You've got a God. You've got a Savior. You've got a Jesus. Hallelujah, my Lord. Isaiah 40 and 31, but they that wait, they that wait, everybody say wait, not they that pressure upon the Lord, not they that push upon the Lord, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Amen. When you come to prayer meeting, there's times you just need to linger in the presence of God. Amen. There's no reason for altar call to be 90 seconds. Praise God. That's not apostolic whatsoever. Uh, that's the nominal world. Uh, amen. But they that wait upon the Lord, uh, he shall redo their strength. Uh, that means uh, you get up here and you just get a hold of the horns of the altar uh, and you say, God, I'm not going to let go until something changes. What are you talking about? I'm talking about learning how to wait upon the Lord. Amen. Not only is he going to renew your strength, but you're going to fly high. Amen. They shall mount up with wings as eagles or like an eagle. That means you're going to crawl in and fly out. It means you're going to barely make it through the door because of what is upon you. But when you get on the altar and you just wait, I got a promise. You can fly out free as a little bird. I said you can fly out with the liberty of the Holy Ghost upon you. You don't have to be slithering on the ground. You can... My God, I feel like preaching to the church today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Amen, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Amen. Don't, well, I know this is self-explanatory. But I'm a preacher. Amen. Don't, don't start thinking God's got it out for you. And wants to hurt you and destroy you. He bought you. I said he bought you with his own blood. Amen. You don't buy things with your blood that aren't valuable. Exodus 14 and 14, the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Amen, I got a promise for you. You don't have to fight your battles. You don't know what's coming against me. Oh yeah, I do. It's nothing compared to God. Why do I keep coming back to the same solution? Get on the altar. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Amen. Don't try to pull it out of his hands. 
Don't try to fight it for him. You get on the altar and love on him. Well, hallelujah. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Amen, I've got a promise to you today. It don't matter what situation you're in, it's all gonna work together. Three amens. I said it doesn't matter what you're going through right now. It's all going to work together for good. I didn't like the trials that I went through. I didn't like the times of worrying about whether the gas card would work when I slid it in or not. I didn't like wondering whether the electric company was coming to shut it off or not. But you know what it did? It all taught me how to come to the house of prayer. It all taught me how to pray. It all taught me how to put my faith in God. And many years later, I can tell you, it all worked together for good. Hallelujah. Man, we have promises of protection. Amen, we have promises that he will supply all of our needs. We have promises that he will heal our bodies. We have promises that he will not leave us, but he will come to us. Amen, we have promises that he will be an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Amen, we have promises that we will be blessed in the city and that we will be blessed in the field. Amen, we have promises that we will be blessed in the storehouse. We have promises that he will open up his good treasure. Amen. That he will give rain. That he will bless the work of our hands. He will make us the head and not the tail. Hey, I'm not talking about people 50,000 years ago. I'm talking about 308 Jeanette Street, August 2022. I'm preaching some promises to some people. Amen, we've got promises that we will be above and not beneath. Amen, but the most important promise that we have is the promise of salvation. More important than you becoming a millionaire will be you walking through the gate called beautiful, amen, the gate that's gonna lead to a street that's paved with pure gold. The promise more important than you getting the healing will be that you get to spend eternity in a mansion, in a place where there will be no sickness. Come on, pray with somebody next to you right now. In the name of Jesus. 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 Come on, help me, prayer warriors. Kela bahashataya. Shalababahataya.
Come on, help me pray right now. I rebuke every distracting spirit that would try to hinder the move of God in this place. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Yeah, Lord, yeah, Lord, this is your house. We are your people. We are the sheep of your pasture. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, hold on for one moment, church. Hold on for one moment. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, I wish somebody just let the Holy Ghost fall on you for a minute. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We will become obedient to Acts 2.38 and repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. We have a promise that God will fill us with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The promise does not end right there. But the Bible said the promise was for their children. I said for their children and their children and to those that are far off. That means a long way down the line. That means 2,000 years later, we're still holding on to the same promise. Amen, that if we will repent of our sins, what are you talking about? You gotta turn away from your wicked ways. You gotta let go of the world. Amen, but we got a promise. If we'll do what they did, we'll get what they got. So why is it important to get the Holy Ghost? Let me tell you why it's important. Because the Bible said if that same spirit, capital S, that raised Christ from the dead, that same Holy Spirit that raised Christ out of that tomb that day, the Bible said if it dwell in you, everybody say if, if it dwell in you, it will also quicken your mortal body. Let me tell you what the Bible's saying. If you get the Holy Ghost, there's something that can raise you up at the last day. If you've got the Holy Ghost, uh, when the rapture happens, uh, there'll be something quicken you. If you ain't got that spirit, uh, there ain't no quickening happen. Uh, if you ain't got that spirit, uh, you're going to stay here. Uh, oh, I got a promise for the church. Uh, We're not doing this in vain. Uh, We're not doing this for no reason. Uh, There is a day coming, uh, and it will mean everything uh, to be full of the Holy Ghost. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We have so many wonderful promises that come with living for God. So many promises. Man, I could sit here for a month and not read them all. There's so many things, there's so many good things that you get by saying yes to God. There's so many wonderful things you get by pressing your way in until the Spirit falls upon you. Amen. You don't want to leave this world without the Holy Ghost. Listen to me. You don't want to leave this world without the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's so many wonderful things that I can't imagine anyone walking away from this. Blows my mind how simple how little things offend people that they would walk away from a book that has promises from the front to the back. Praise God. Getting quiet all of a sudden. Can't imagine anybody letting something so little offend them that they would walk away from the promises in that book because somebody looked at them funny. Because somebody got their pew. Because somebody got their parking spot. Because somebody didn't pay them their $5. Keep your $5. I've got a mansion that you ain't going to mess up. Keep your $10. I got a street that is paved with gold. Well, you don't know what they said about me. Who cares what they said about you? Amen. Does it really matter what some earthling says to you when you got all these heavenly promises? Well, praise God. Amen. I just can't imagine somebody not pressing their way all the way through. Amen. Praise God. The world, if they stay on the pattern that they're on, and they don't repent, they've got some promises. You hear me? If the world stays on the pattern that they're on, the road that they're on, and they don't repent, They've got some promises too. They've got some promises of judgment, of pain, suffering, hardship, eternal damnation, anguish. And here we are with open eyes, with open understanding, living in promise, my Lord. Maybe I'm preaching to somebody on the internet today. But I got a feeling I'm preaching to a lot of people. Here we are with our eyes open. Our ears have been open. Our understanding has been open. Praise God. Of all the promises of God. Of all the things that are awaiting us. Praise God. I come to rebuke some little foxes.
Hell yeah. It, it's usually not big foxes. It's usually little foxes. It amazes me that people could hear everything the devil tells them and hear nothing God tells them. It's like when the devil begins to talk, they have open ears. And when God tries to speak, it's like they just stop their ears out. Hey, I come to, I come to preach to you today. Hey, man, you, you better figure out who's talking to you. Hey, man, you keep listening to the devil, you'll be laying sideways. You, you'll be where there is no hope anymore. You'll be where there is not another service anymore. There's no purgatory in God's church. We get one chance to get this right. We get one moment to get this right. And if we don't get it right, well, you know what's going to happen. Praise God. Help me preach right now, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's nobody with the Holy Ghost today that's got a reason to feel defeated. About 10 people believe that. Did y'all just miss the first 30 minutes of me yakking? I said, nobody with the Holy Ghost has any reason to feel down and discouraged and defeated. When you've got every promise in this book on your side. Well, I feel like shouting. I feel like running. I feel like dancing. What are you talking about? When I think about all the promises of God. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Amen. Praise God. The Bible says, having therefore these promises. Everybody say these promises. Having therefore these promises. That means because we have these promises. Or since we have these promises. Amen. Because, since, or having, this is what we ought to do. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I, I'm convinced it's as important for you to know why as it is for you to know what. Amen. I will not be the pastor that tells you what to do without telling you why we're going to do it. Praise God. Because if you get the understanding of why we do what we do, I won't have to preach it every service. Well, praise God. What does the Bible say? Because we have these promises. Praise God. I hope this sinks in. And I hope it ain't too elementary for you. This is just how I think. Because we have all these promises, it's time to start scrubbing. 
Is that what the writer just said? You don't do this so you can get in the church. You do this so you can get the promise. Amen. And when you realize, (laughs) I've got a mansion. When you start thinking about what you got, you ought to start thinking, let me make sure I'm clean enough to get what's already got my name on it. Let me make sure nothing gets in the way of me getting my promise. Well, I'm going to preach a while. Amen. Maybe you, maybe you like being beaten down, but you got the wrong guy and you're at the wrong church. I'm going to tell you why. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament was, if you don't do this, you're going to die. Thank God I'm not Moses. If you don't do this, you're going to die. If you do this wrong, you're going to die. You get to the New Testament, I'm doing this because I'm a child of God. Did you get the difference? In the Old Testament, if you don't do this, you're going to die. In the New Testament, we do this because we have life. We separate from the world because we're called out. Somebody's going to get a hold of something. The fact that God called you out is the reason you're doing what you're doing. I hope. Oh, God, help me preach. Amen. When you begin to make life-changing decisions, not because somebody told you to or made you do it, but because you have a relationship with God, you're beginning to understand what it means to be the church of the living God. It was... He called the leader of the church a pastor. That word means shepherd. That word means somebody that leads you to green grass. Oh, help me preach right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Don't line up to get on this platform so you can sing. Don't do what's on that little sheet so you can get up here and sing and play. Do it because you love God. And if you don't love God, I don't want you singing. I don't want you playing. I want people that love him. The Lord dealt with me a couple weeks ago and I talked to the worship leaders about this the other night in a little meeting. Sitting on the front porch drinking coffee looking at God's creation. Amen. Meditating upon the Lord and the Lord gave me these words. Effective ministry is when you can help people improve and they still love you. Praise God. I've seen churches... uh, 
where if you just looked, it looked like they improved. But it was done in a way that bitterness got on the inside. Hey, I'm, I'm preaching to the church right now. The Bible said, provoke not your children to wrath. What was it talking about? You have a responsibility to improve them, to teach them. Uh, but, but if they hate you, did you really do anything? No, they did not. What is... God, help me preach. Give me the wisdom of Solomon right now, God. Uh, amen. I don't want improvement superficially. Uh, I want improvement from the inside to the outside. Uh, I want you whole in God from the inside to the outside. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. But don't think that you're so spiritual, though, that you can't have a pastor or don't need a pastor. The New Testament says you've got to have one. How could they hear without a preacher? I was praying one day about that. Lord, what are you talking about? How can they hear without a preacher? There's people in this church smarter than I am. There's people that know how to study the Bible more than and get things that I probably could never comprehend. How could they hear without a preacher? And the Lord dealt with me. This is why you got to have a preacher because you'll never preach the old message to yourself that you need to hear. You're smart and you know what everybody else needs. But when it came to the message that you needed to hear, you just skip right over it. That's why God gave you a pastor that don't skip over anything. Come on, help me. He said, I'm going to give you a pastor that will feed you knowledge and understanding. Amen. Feed you with knowledge and understanding. He's going to feed you what you ought to do, what you ought not to do. This is biblical. Amen. Then you take what you should do or what you should not do. And because of the promises of God, And because of the calling on your life, you begin to apply it to your life. And it's not, well, it's just somebody trying to tell me what to do. Man, I could do a case study and leave the names out of what happened to people's lives who didn't want a pastor in their life. And I can tell you what it is. It's turmoil. And it's chaos. And it's divorce, and it's separation, and it's sickness, and it's judgment. Hey, I'm not telling you to do something I don't do. I've got a pastor that could call me right now. I'll just tell you. The reason we got a two-story church being built is because my pastor said, I wouldn't do this one story if I was you. I'd do it two stories. Guess what? We're going to get a two-story church. And guess what? God will send somebody to pay for it because I was obedient to what my pastor told me to do. 
Praise God. Help me preach, God. Amen. It's because this word, I get this word. I hear the word. It's preached to me. It's talked to me. It comes to me. I'm going to do this because I have promises. Amen. I've got a promise of salvation. I've got a promise of healing. I've got all these things that I don't want to let go of. I'm, I'm trying to show you the easy life, the best life, the good life. He's saying, I'm just going to apply this word to my heart. Amen. If I like it, praise God. If I don't like it, praise God. If it goes against my flesh, praise God. What do he say to cleanse yourself from? Of all filthiness. Of the flesh and spirit. Filthiness of the body and of the mind. And when you do this, the Bible says this is perfecting. Everybody say perfecting. When you cleanse the inside and you cleanse the outside, this is what you call, the Bible calls perfecting. Perfecting means entireness or completeness, which is just the opposite of one-sided. Yeah, it might get quiet. It's all good. You can be seated. Perfecting means completeness. And this is where people struggle. Is that one of them is easy for us, typically. And the other is a struggle. And the easy one, we try to find the scriptures to make that our more spiritual one. And the one we struggle with, we try to negate that to the one less important. But if it ain't on the inside and on the outside, it's incomplete. Hallelujah. Pharisees were concerned only about the outward appearance. What did Jesus call them? You bunch of hypocrites. Praise God. What are you talking about? I'm talking about when you're living, you're walking, you're dressing right, but down inside, you're full of hatred, and you're a church splitter, and you're a troublemaker. And you hate your brother. Uh, and you hate your sister. Uh, and you're always trying to backbite and tear down. I don't care if your sleeves are to the end of your fingers. Uh, you're in complete. Uh, you're not right. Uh, you're not ready to meet the Lord. Uh, it's got to be on the inside and on the outside. 
Now here we are. We're past the Pharisee days. And we come to the charismatic days. We're past the Pharisee days. In some places. Some churches it's still rolling on pretty thick. Here we are to the charismatic days. Where they say Jesus knows my heart. Well, they look like a, and they're dressed like a, and they're drinking like a, and they're smoking like a, well, he knows my heart. Well, honey, you're incomplete. What does the Bible say? He said, in the very God of peace would sanctify you, W-H-O-L-L-Y. That's a different holy. Completely sanctify. What does that mean? It means you didn't have it all together the night you got the Holy Ghost. You, you weren't what God exactly wanted you to be the night you spoke in tongues for the first time. You were, had the birth certificates what you got. And there's a whole lot of things that God wanted to change in your spirit. It's sanctified. Here a little. There a little. Grow a little. Change a little. Boy, I feel Jesus backing me up right now. He said, the God of peace... Not the God of I want to kill you. Well, didn't Brother Green preach a great message? Not the God that wants to chop your head off. He said, but the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit. Not talking about your Holy Spirit. Talking about your human little S spirit. Your inner man. That your spirit, your soul, and your body. Be preserved Blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Praise God. So what is holiness? Praise God. Everybody say it means being holy. Praise God. And we're getting there now. What is holy? It's dedicated or consecrated to God. Say, well, I hate somebody preaches about standards. I'm going to preach about one standard right now. It's the original standard of holiness. And you can find it in the nature of God. If it's like God, it's holy. And if it ain't like God... It ain't holy. How do I figure out what's holy and what ain't holy? If it's conformable to the nature of God, it's holy. I said if it's conformable to the nature of God. Let me tell you what God is. God is the one that Isaiah seen <laughs> high and lifted up. And he was so holy that the preacher began to go, oh, bah, 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 bah. He was shocked at the holy. I'm talking about that God. If it conforms to the nature of God, it's holy. And if it's contrary 
to the nature of our God. It's unholy. Boy, this is real good. So how do you know what's holy and what's not holy? Whether it's conformable to God's nature or it's contrary to that nature. So just think. Would God sit down beside me and watch this old Hollywood movie? Hey, the biggest heathen would tell you God's not going to sit there and watch. Why would God not sit there and watch a Hollywood movie? Because it would go against his nature. And if it goes against his nature, then it must be unholy. Would God hang out at your house when you're involved in an illicit relationship, you know the answer. It's no. Why would God not sit there while you were? Because it would go against his nature. And if it goes against God's nature, then it is unholy. And if it's unholy, then if you do it, you're unholy. And if you're unholy, you can kiss these promises goodbye. Amen. Hey, holiness ain't line by line. You got to do this, you got to do that, blah, blah, blah. Men have mixed up holiness. Holiness is would God do it? Amen. Well, hallelujah. The holiness, he said, the filthy, clean the filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, the body and the mind, the inner man and the outer man. So this is all you got to do. I'm, I'm making this real simple. You just got to think, would God do what I'm doing right now? Well, hallelujah. It's going to get better. Praise God. I promise. Thank God. Praise God. Would God do what I'm doing right now? So if you're in a little crowd and you're gossiping, trying to hurt somebody. Praise God. You're saying, yeah, I don't like her either. Yeah, she's pretty sorry. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, she ain't all she thinks she is. She's probably blah, blah, blah. And so... You think, am I having a holy conversation? And here's the litmus test. Would God sit there and participate? And if it would go against God's nature, then you must be in in the middle of an unholy conversation. And if you're in the middle of an unholy conversation, you're unholy. And if you're unholy, you're not ready to meet the Lord. I, I hope this is all right. This is how God gave it to me and Talk to him if you don't like it. Amen. But the litmus test is, would God do this? Praise God. Praise God. Would God treat his bride? Praise the Lord. Woo, you can be seated. Praise God. 
Would God treat his spouse the way some people treat their spouse? You're saying, boy, I wish 12 o'clock would get here. That's why I wind that one back a little bit. Praise God. I'm telling you there's a difference between the holy and the unholy. Would God hang out at the, at the lake and drink beer and tell dirty jokes? Well, do you think, it's just my friends, Pastor. Would God do, go walk with you and do that? No? Well, why? Because it would kind of go against his nature. He's holy. The description of God is holy. He said, be ye holy for I am holy. Amen. Because we have these promises. Y'all are shouting about the promises. You ought to shout about how to keep the promises. You ought to shout about what it takes to keep them. You ought to shout about what it takes to make him happy that gives you the promise. Hallelujah. Praise God. So how do we cleanse ourselves? Praise God. How do we do this? I'm giving you hope right now. I wish I had another message to preach to you. But I don't have another one that works. If, if I thought you could get by without praying, I, I would tell you another way. But I have no idea how a, a person with a sin nature can live a holy life without a prayer life. If you would think with me, every time your life begins to unravel and things begin to mess up, it's because you got too busy doing other things and you quit praying. And every time you realize, oh my, I'm broke, I'm sick, honey's mad at me, the kids don't like me, blah, 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 I've got lost my jaw. Then you realize, oh, I ain't been praying. And then you go start praying. And you get in earnest with God. And what happens? God begins to turn it back around. And where the blessing was shutting down, now it's pumping back up. And if every time you quit praying, your world gets torn apart. And every time you commit to prayer, it starts coming back together. What would happen if we just committed to always get a prayer life? What would happen if we committed to a daily walk with God? Stand together with me. Let's practice right now. Why don't, why don't we stop the unraveling right now? Why don't we have just a good old few-minute prayer meeting right now?
In the name of Jesus Christ, I need some prayer warriors to help me right now. I'm telling you, there's somebody, you, you're one commitment away from your life coming back together. You're... <laughs> Come on, let's turn this into a prayer meeting right now. Come on, prayer warriors, help me. In the name of Jesus Christ, cleanse us, God. Cleanse us, God. Cleanse us, God. Cleanse us, God. Oh. Oh, God. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost wanting to help people. Come on, God's wanting to get you back into the promise of life. Come on, there's people you took steps forward and then you've backed up. You made commitments, then you backed up. You went forward three steps, backed up two. Come on, it's time to move forward. Come on, it's time to move forward. It's time to enjoy the good life. It's time for you to feel the peace that passeth all understanding. <laughs> Everybody in this house begin to cry out to God. Come on, why don't you pray until the Holy Ghost comes on you?